This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Welcome to Britain is a Nation of... The podcast where we explore British behaviour by unpacking statistics to understand the little differences and similarities between us all. I'm Stuart Henderson, Head of News at Yahoo UK. And I'm Matilda Long, a journalist at Yahoo UK. I'm Victoria Valdez, a data journalist at YouGov. And this week we're discussing the very British topic of manners, from apologising too much to texting at the dinner table. And we're joined by special guest William Hansen, author of The Bluffer's Guide to Etiquette, the youngest ever to be named Britain's manners and etiquette expert by the Financial Times and host of the podcast Help, I Sexted My Boss. Hello, William. Hello. Thank you for having me, everybody. Thanks for coming. Thank you. I'm going to start off by asking everyone a question. Do you apologise too much, William? I think I do. It's it's something I'm aware of, and I've especially at things like networking events and sort of sort of drinks parties or conferences mm-hmm. where there is a networking element. I think that's where I've noticed that I was doing it the most. And as as you may know, we judge people within seven seconds. Now, if you're mm-hmm. walking up to a group of people who know nothing about you, they don't know who you are, they've never met you before. A lot of uh, we Brits, the first thing we say when we try and move into that group is, sorry to interrupt. So true. Mm. And true. within those first seven seconds, you are now labelled forever as an apologetic interrupter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not that's not a positive thing. Mm. And so I've tried to stop myself saying that. Really what I now say is things like, may I join? Now, even if the, right. the group are thinking, absolutely no way in hell, <laughs> they're never going to say that. They will just, <laughs> oh, pause, <laughs> come yeah. on in. Because they too are British. <laughs> exactly. So yes, I, I think I do apologise too much, but I'm, I'm trying to temper it. Okay. Stuart, do you apologise too much? I'm aware of how this may make me look, but I don't think I do apologise too much. Mm-hmm. I, I do try to be quite conscious about it. And I think it goes back to a conversation I remember having with someone about when people, very specifically, when people bash trolleys into each other in supermarkets mm. <laughs> and both people immediately say sorry. Yep. And that seems ludicrous to me. Somebody is clearly to blame or neither of you are to blame. <laughs> you don't both need to apologise, but everyone both <laughs> feels like they need to. Uh, so I do consciously try to not apologise if I don't okay. think I need to apologise. And as a result, often I miss the moment to apologise, which needs to be done often quite immediately. And therefore, perhaps I come across as slightly... <clears throat> perhaps I don't apologise enough. Oh, you can just see you running after someone in a supermarket. Look, I was thinking about it and <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, I do, it is probably a, a bit of a personality flaw. But do you I, worry that people are then judging you for not saying sorry? Mm. Uh, I also try not to worry about too much about what people think of me um, because I also think that's a little bit unhealthy. Okay. So uh, they may do that, but I don't think I'm ter- particularly rude. Uh, I don't think I'm a particularly horrible person. So, uh, <laughs> But I, I do try not to apologise too much. I don't think... Oftentimes, we do. We I think Brits do apologise too much, and I and I think it's good to good to avoid that wherever possible. Okay, <laughs> Victoria, do you apologise too much? Um, I think so. I moved to the UK six six years ago now, mm-hmm. and I very consciously remember the first time that I 
was completely perplexed at myself for having apologized <laughs> for something that I just was not to blame for it's which contagious. was the, I know it was the classic example of bumping into someone on the street except they bumped into me okay. and I said sorry and I was like no <laughs> that was not my fault for god's sake I've been here for too long oh wow so I remember noticing that um I think I'm all right at apologizing if I've actually done something wrong I think I think it's important to like differentiate between the different meanings of the word sorry where for example William in the example that you said mm. you're not genuinely apologetic that you interrupt you wanted to interrupt you wanted to come into that conversation it's just kind yeah. of a rhetorical tool to mm. get in there you know well yeah. if you've actually done something wrong and you say look I'm really sorry that means something else and I like to think I'm okay at the second one okay well the statistic from the YouGov omnibus mm. um, survey that I'm going to pick out is that a third of Brits think they apologize too much so there's, mm. there's quite a lot to unpick in this survey. So that statistic actually struck me as being quite low. I would have thought it would have been higher. Um, Brits, I think, are really known for apologising too much. I know that I've been told by friends from other countries that I do. Um, when you look at the numbers, there there is quite a significant gender divide. Okay. So 37% of women think they apologise too much compared to 26% of men. Mm. And 4% of women think they apologise too little compared to 6% of men. So quite low numbers for both of those. The majority of people think that they have it about right. And the reason for this, again, according to the survey, could be that, in fact, women do apologise more than men do. Mm. So the way this poll worked was that people were presented with a set of circumstances and asked if they would apologise in that situation. And these circumstances were presented to British and American people. <laughs> So it was things like being late, Mm. uh, things like blocking someone's way, interrupting someone. And with large offences like being late, Brits and Americans were pretty much on par. If it's something obvious that you've done something wrong, pretty much everyone apologised. But when you got to the lower end of the spectrum, Brits are much more likely than Americans to apologise. For example, one in three Brits apologises for sneezing. For sneezing? (laughs) Yeah. One in three? One in three Brits. I suppose... I think that's maybe just because you feel the need to say something after you've maybe. sneezed. Yeah. <laughs> you just wait for someone else to say bless you. You think? Say <laughs> I would just say excuse me. So if would I. I. If, with, in company. The bless you thing goes back to the plague, as I'm sure you know. When mm. someone sneezed, mm. they were thought to have the plague. And so you said bless you as in oh, to I say you basically were close to death. And there, there is, <laughs> there is yeah. an argument that you're not really supposed to say it anymore. But okay. um, So instead just say excuse me or something. I'm, I'm liking this it's a very subtle difference immersion here between sorry and excuse me. I feel like yeah i feel mm. like is one's more of a is one more of a not a cheap sorry but like a, one's it's more a passive aggressive sorry. i think i think excuse Maybe, me yeah. can be more passive aggressive but i suppose sorry can be as well mm. an insincere sorry definitely um well the scenario that had the most pronounced difference between brits and americans was the one that you mentioned victoria which is bumping into which is when someone else bumps <laughs> into you so 36% of Brits apologise if someone else bumps into them compared to 24% of Americans. Do you think you've apologised to someone when they've bumped into you, William? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And I'm I think sure it, I've seen that. You we're almost saying sorry for, sorry for being there, sorry for getting in your way. <laughs> I think we Brits are, although we're not quite as polite as we perhaps once were, I think we are still pretty much one of the politest nations, Brits and Canadians. Uh, of course, we share a monarch, so there might be something to do with that. <laughs> but um, th- we still 
are very conscious of other people. Okay. And I think maybe it's conditional. I mean, without wanting to get too heavy, I think maybe because of sort of uh, colonial sort of implications in the past, we are still almost literally apologising for, for being there and being British and being in somebody's way. And actually, if someone rams their trolley into the back of your feet, it is completely <laughs> their fault. Uh, you, but it, but it's, it's a nice trait for us to have. Mm. I, I wouldn't necessarily say we need to get rid of it. Do we feel it changes by region? Be like the colonial thing's interesting mm. and I think that would perhaps lend itself more to a, a sort of explanation of English behaviour as opposed to Scott, Irish or Welsh behaviour. Do we think English mm. people have more to apologise for? That's slightly heavier but are we, are we, do we have a slightly more strange relationship with manners than perhaps other I think it's probably Scots are probably going to be more direct about it so if you've irritated them or got in their way or done something they're probably more likely to no and I'm not thinking about Edinburgh I'm thinking of maybe Aberdeen or Glasgow they might say something <laughs> I don't want to stereotype okay but... it's interesting though mm. and with so I mentioned the gender divide as well the scenario that most splits men and women about whether you'd apologize in this situation was if you made a joke that upset someone so two-thirds of women would apologise, but only half of men would. Do you think there's a gender divide with apologising? I think women are, are more... Women are always more in tune with sort of what are perceived as soft skills or people's mm, feelings definitely. and emotional intelligence, whereas men, and I would probably say heterosexual men, are probably a little bit more... Some would, I would say, well, some would say obtuse, others would say less compassionate about how other people mm. are thinking and feeling. Mm. The interesting thing about that as well is that it touches on something that I've discussed before with friends, which is if someone says, if someone offends you, do you want them to apologise for what they said or for having offended you, which mm. is a slight difference. Mm, so sometimes people say, I'm sorry if I've hurt you or I'm sorry if I've made you upset, but I'm not necessarily sorry that I said what I said. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. Because if the yeah. person in this in this joke scenario, if the person making the joke doesn't actually think it's something that you should be offended for, then they'll be like, well, no, I don't regret making that. It was a funny joke, you know? Yes. But if mm. you got offended by my joke, then what should I do? Should I should I apologise for having caused offence? Should I apologise mm. for having made the joke in the first place? It, 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 it kind of touches on the times when I sometimes find we put so much weight on the word sorry as the thing that will fix an argument. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Say sorry. But does that, what does that really mean? Does that really stand for regretting having caused someone pain or sadness? Or does it just stand for kind of wanting to tick the box of finishing mm. this fight by just being like, oh, do you know what? I'm sorry. Well, there's a study into what makes an effective apology, which was carried out by Fisher College of Business and the Ohio State University. And it says to make a proper apology, you need to do six things. One of them, expression of regret. So wish I hadn't done it. Explanation of what went wrong. Acknowledgement of responsibility. Declaration of repentance. <laughs> an cool. offer of repair. So, you know, make you feel better. And a request for forgiveness. So that's quite a lot to quite include lot in to one apology. In, yes. But something so if you say, I'm sorry, but it wasn't it wasn't my fault, that wouldn't count as a proper apology, according <laughs> to these tests. And when public figures do apologies, it feels to me like they only check off maybe the first two of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they they only often skim those, mm. frankly. And I they think... and they very much hit the thing you were talking about, Victoria, which is the apology for you being offended rather yeah. than the apology of what I said. Mm. I'm sorry that you feel that me. way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Brits, I think, well, no, 
I think the most effective type of apology is literally just saying, I'm sorry, mm. making eye contact with someone saying, look, I am sorry. Mm. You don't need to say anything else more than that, certainly not initially. I think mm. the more you perhaps explain, if you do start doing that entire <laughs> declaration and, and all that stuff. <laughs> I, think I it, declare my repentance. <laughs> I think I would have lost the will to live if someone had started going through all of that Definitely. whilst they were apologising to me. I would just rather that they you know, committed the offence again than went through it all. <laughs> Request for forgiveness, I think, is quite strange. The eye contact is, I think that's that's really accurate, actually. Mm. And I think Brits find that hard Mm. also. But actually, that would make make it even more impactful. I might try that. (laughs) So what's your statistic this week, Stuart? Well, I'm going to start with asking everyone a couple of questions around eating out. Uh, So going around the table, um, I would like to ask what you would do if you're eating it and the waiter brings you the wrong plate of food, what would you do, Victoria? <laughs> um, I think if it's if it's not, if I like the alternative, I'd probably just eat it. Matilda? I'm so surprised by that. I would, I would <laughs> definitely send it back, but very politely. There's no way I would get angry. I would just say, excuse me, I'm afraid this isn't what I ordered. Please, could I have a replacement? Sorry, sorry to trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I probably would. I'm so um, sorry, but. Uh, William? Uh, I would say, may I just check the order? Um, okay. Throwing it onto them. Because there. sometimes they mishear, sometimes, and maybe it's it's poor diction on, on the part of the person that was ordering. Often it's because the restaurant has their music so loud they can't hear anything, <laughs> so it's completely ineffective. Um, <laughs> That's in a whole new area. Yes, <laughs> Okay, next one. What about if there was a hair in your food? Ooh. Oh. Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who didn't make that sound. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm coming across really weird. I would just take it out. If it yeah. was several, then maybe I'd kick up a fuss. But just one, I'd just take it out. Matilda? I would definitely send it back and I would mm-hmm. expect to not have to pay for the meal. William? Yeah, I, I think it would also depend on the length of the hair as well. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> but yes, I'd probably just... And also it depends how far through the meal I am. I mean, if it, it was only a couple of mouthfuls left, I can't really be bothered. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, or, or I might fish it out, put leave it on the site and then draw attention to it when they click <laughs> my plate and then hope that maybe something gets knocked off the bill. Okay. Uh, and finally, how about if the plate isn't clean? Oh no, that's gross. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out 
Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code GLOW. Yeah, I'd send that back. Because that's the one where I think, I mean, not clean. What are we talking? If it's sort of real dirt on it. <laughs> if it's like a little, a little stain, I probably wouldn't be that fast. Yeah, I find that more with, with glasses more, or mm. tea or coffee cups generally. And I would, I would say something. Okay, well, according to the YouGov Omnibus poll, four in ten Brits are uncomfortable sending food back if there's a problem with it. It's 40%. Like, mm. I felt like the answers from you were, particularly you, Matilda, were very <laughs> demonstratively, I, would, I, I know my rights almost, mm. and, I, and I, I know that I would send that back. The, the, the breakdown of this is also really interesting. Um, 12% of people would not send their food back if the plate wasn't clean. 15% of people wouldn't if it had a hair in it. 38% wouldn't send the food back if it was overcooked. And if it was undercooked, which should be 0%, mm-hmm. 6% of people would still be like, yeah, I'll eat my undercooked food. <laughs> my undercooked uh, chicken. <laughs> and, and, and 3% of people wouldn't send it back if there were if it was the wrong meal. Um, it's only even, three? Only three. Oh, I'm so special. It's, oh. <laughs> even, uh, it's even more pronounced uh, among young people who don't, like this sort of level of confrontation mm. if they uh, only th- only 83% of people said they'd send their food back if it was the wrong meal for young people okay. and 15% of young people would eat the food even if it was undercooked so I'd like to know what's going on here because it feels yeah. like there is this reticence to have this level of confrontation this direct confrontation in a public setting is this because we're too polite? We don't want to make a fuss. Like if there's if your food is undercooked, you have absolutely every right to mm. send that food back. That is, and yet we've got fifteen percent of young people who are like, oh, I think I'd rather eat it. Mm. Um, so what's going on? Why were we so bothered about making a fuss? I wonder if it that's those statistics. I wonder if those statistics would change depending on who we are with. If I were with my partner, for example, Mm. and there was an issue, neither of us would have any issue whatsoever about flagging it up. If we were with a group of friends and we were paying, similarly, we would flag it up. But if I were with anyone, whether it was relatives or friends or family, and we were either splitting the cost or they were picking up the bill unless it was, let's say, raw chicken, for example, (laughs) I probably wouldn't say anything. Interesting. I did a little bit of research into this. And and I got to the point where I'm beginning to think, when when I've been in restaurants and people have sent food back, I cannot recall a single time anyone has done it in a polite way, though. Mm. And it got me to thinking that I wonder if that this construct of manners and politeness, which is incredibly intricate, like you mentioned earlier, William, the, the idea of the sneezing going back to to a play and, mm. and Victoria going, oh, I've, I had no idea. I mean, this thing is so, polite and manners in, in the UK has so many layers, it's so complex. Mm. And I wonder if it's actually just a huge smokescreen to allow us to be as rude as we like <laughs> um, and we can we have this sort of veneer of oh well i'm you know mm. you you're, you're being rude and i i'm i have this sort of veneer of manners and politeness um a couple of surveys that suggest william that you might be wrong that mm. brits and canadians are uh, among the politest in 2012 a survey by the travel site skyscanner found uh, that people thought brits were the third rudest mm. in the world behind french mm. and russians uh, and in 2018 earlier this year a survey from Internations, which is a network and information site for people who live and work abroad, asked 13,000 experts which countries were the friendliest, and of the 65 countries named, 
Britain came in at a rip-roaring 56th, which is pretty low down the pecking order. But I think there's a difference between having good manners and being friendly. Yes, they are similar, but I think they are slightly different. Mm. I think you can still have good manners. You don't have, you know, it's the shop assistant thing. In America, for example, supposedly they're all friendly, friendly, chummy, chummy. Mm -hmm. But to to your sort of typical Brit, they're really great. So I don't Mm. necessarily want to go into a shop and be someone's friend. I just want (laughs) them to serve me and I want them to be vaguely polite, treat me with the respect because ultimately I'm paying their wages and fueling the economy and and we don't with it. I don't necessarily need to be wished a nice day or have any sort of inquiry into my general health. Mm. We're so distant. Like, I would have thought that I would have thought that friendliness would be the ultimate expression of being like polite Ooh, and nice. No, I think being over friendly can be really rude because mm. it's really intrusive. Really friendly though. I'm not okay. like you know sure. going around giving people hugs and stuff, but mm. being friendly to people, I'd have thought is the most polite way to be, the way to behave. I think you're definitely right that following the rules of politeness doesn't make you polite. Like to go back to the mm, sending mm. back a sending back a meal thing. So also to caveat my earlier answers, I was a ma- <laughs> I was a waitress for many years. Mm. So I'm totally comfortable with sending food back because I've had food sent back to me loads of times. And if someone does it politely, it's totally fine. Someone can say, um, excuse me, this this meal isn't nice in a in a really rude way, even if they're using polite terms. Can I ask a question I've always wanted to know then? Yes. And I don't know why I haven't asked any of my, my <laughs> friends who've been in similar p- jobs like you. When you then take a dish back into the kitchen mm. and tell the chef, yeah. what happens? What's generally the reaction? A huge eye roll and say, oh, fine, okay, we'll make another one. <laughs> I've never been, I've never, never had a bad experience with a chef being okay. really angry. Do Do they do the cliche thing of like, spitting in your plate or something like that is I that a totally never apocryphal? seen that i've never seen that but i'm sure it does happen mm-hmm. i'm sure it does if someone's really 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 rude i think probably that would happen so i would like to ask william how how do you send food back politely when when you're in that sort of public scenario mm. public situation and there's kind of like a service entail such as like with a waiter or something like that and you're paying for a service and it's not how do you go about it how can you send something back, approach this awkward situation with all Brits hate, how can we do that in the, in the most polite way possible? Um, I think you need to uh, stick to the facts and, mm, and nice. the logic, remove emotion. And if you are in a group, especially if, let's say, you're not paying for it or you're, you're splitting the bill, you don't necessarily need to, the whole table doesn't necessarily need to be in on it because mm. that's going to single out mm. the poor waiter or waitress. I think, actually, if you just sort of get the waiter over to your side and you sort of tell them and the group can carry on the conversation and should anyone then notice it, it's not a problem, uh, and just continue the conversation whilst, okay, you might sit there with nothing in front of you. <laughs> but the rest of the group, hopefully, I would always say the rest of the group should just get on with their meals. If, mm. if It's like if the host says at a dinner party, you know, don't, um, no need to come and help, it means... No need to come and help. You don't need to force the issue. On <laughs> well, American, be like, don't worry about it. Don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do the so, washing up. Yes, yeah. I would just. In fact, something a, a few weeks ago was came. It was one of these restaurants. You know, where everything comes out in dribs and drabs. And mm. sort of, oh, so know, annoying. When it's when it's when it's ready, um, <laughs> oh, and wow. all that. And they, basically, that was a they, list. they can't they can't be bothered to time anything in the kitchen, like you know, restaurants have done for years. And <laughs> it came. They were little tiny little sort of um, arancini type things, and then. Nothing else then came. Oh, no. And actually they were sort of, how we saw them was to complement the rest of the food. So by the time the rest of the food came, we said, actually, could they just go back under a heat lamp for a moment, please? <laughs> because they were stone cold. And actually they brought new ones in the end, so it all, all was fine. I think if you're nice, mm. 
they'll be nice back. But why, but why aren't we that? Like, I don't know if, if, if other people's experiences are the same, but when, when I do see these things, people tend to be rude. Is it just mm. that they've worked themselves up because it's they're so uncomfortable or unfamiliar with those situations or are we just not nice i think it's it's lack of lack of practice i mean if you're very good at, if you if you send back food regularly <laughs> you're, you're you know you won't you won't work yourself mm. up it's a bit like going for a blood test the first time you go for a blood test you're completely wound up you <laughs> go 10 years later and like yeah whatever fine get on with didn't even notice the needle go in so it's i think it's the same sort of principle as that so okay. your advice to the nation is, is send food back far more regularly <laughs> start doing it a few times as a long week. as you are factually correct if it's <laughs> not to your taste if you think the seasoning should be a bit more no 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 mm. if it's raw if it's cold if it hasn't uh, defrosted, in the case of a lot of puddings that, that restaurants serve, mm-hmm. then uh, yes, send it back. Mm-hmm. So they're your red lines. <laughs> yes. Or if it's not what you've ordered. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's very much a red line. The statistic that I wanted to talk about is also a restaurant scenario, mm. but this one is about using your mobile phone at the table. Mm. Is it socially acceptable to use a mobile phone at a restaurant when you're out with friends for dinner? Let's uh, go around. Stuart, what do you think? Um, I think it can be acceptable, but it depends on a, a number of things. But I think you have to be really careful and it needs to be a, like a, if you're in a restaurant, it needs to kind of be like almost an emergency situation mm. or the mm. potential to have an emergency. So the survey was asking people about also texting, answering a phone call or going on social media as well. Yeah, I think social media is a no-no. I definitely draw a line there. Um, texting I guess yeah I can see I can see scenarios where texting might be okay like maybe someone's stressing about something and you don't want them to stress so you want them to put their mind at mind at ease uh, I'm sort of definitely sitting on the fence here but I, I think I can see there are times when when using the phone is okay William I think it depends on the restaurant I would say never during the food bit mm-hmm. so if you're if you're all eating no I don't care whether your partner is at home having a complete breakdown. <laughs> uh, if you've got a smartwatch, for example, because of course that's which, which I do, and often I can feel it sort of buzzing several times, yeah. and you think, I know that that is my partner having a breakdown, etc. <laughs> so now I will put, I put it into do not disturb mode. Um, they know where I am. And then if, if I haven't put it into do not disturb mode and I need to go and reassure them i excuse myself from the table and go and do it in the cubicle in the loo and text them away from away from the table but if a group of friends have asked for my time to Mm. go out for dinner Mm. they want my time they don't want my phone's time um after the meal i think yes if let's say there was a photograph you wanted to show to that needs to you need to show that photograph Mm. in order to complement the anecdote that perhaps would be fine but i would still go if you'd permit me to get my phone out but maybe that's because i do that because it's my job and people are (laughs) horrified but obviously yes this is in more casual restaurants not in in terribly formal restaurants Mm. where you you will get tasered if you take out (laughs) matilda what's your policy i think if you you can't just get your phone out and start tapping away without saying. So if there is an emergency, for example, and you say, I'm so sorry, uh, my partner's at home having a having a breakdown, as is our example. Um, I must text them. I'm so sorry, I'll only be a minute. I think that's okay. But if you're speaking to someone and they just get their phone out, stop looking at you and start tapping away and are completely distracted, that gets on my nerves so much. I find it really infuriating. Wow. So the YouGov Omnibus survey reveals 
that this is basically a generational war. So <laughs> looking at the overall stats doesn't really tell you anything because the differences among different age groups are so large. So young people, as is predictable, are generally much more likely to think that using a phone at dinner with friends is perfectly fine. Just a quarter, so 26%, think that using a phone is unacceptable. But that rises to around a third for people in their 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s. But it's those aged 50 and above of whom 60% think <laughs> that it is unacceptable. So it's a wow. real generational split mm. here. The thing that is most likely to be thought of as okay is answering the phone. 44% of Brits think that's all right. Uh, 30% think texting is okay. And 22% think checking social media is okay. But yeah, the vast majority of those stats are coming from younger people. Um, and social media is actually the one that is the most divisive. So those aged 55 <laughs> and above are five times more likely than 18 to 24s to think that it's unacceptable at the table. The social media thing, I can't, I can't, li- can't think of a single occasion when it's okay to use, look at social media when you're oh. eating out. Uh, that, I just, that beggars belief. But well, then one, I'm not 18 to 24, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> one interesting thing is, so if someone goes, if let's say that you're there with just one other person and they go to the bathroom, mm. do you check your phone while they're in the bathroom? Mm. I have done, but I try not to because I think it's... Well, it's it's. I think people do it for a, as a safety blanket thing. Mm-hmm. It's Could the, the fear of abandonment, alone. and mm-hmm. I think the millennials are snowflakes, <laughs> which I am within that category. But I think the, <laughs> the traditional millennial snowflakes, um, you, know, you watch people waiting for people at airports or train stations. No one can just stand on their own. People watching anymore, they cannot be seen to be alone. So we have to get out our phones in order to go. Well, nobody might be standing talking to me, but. Look, there's all these I'm people on here. On I'm, I'm in demand. Like, <laughs> same, at, same at networking events. Again, going back to that, if no one comes up to talk to you, you mm. stand in the corner and get your phone Take out. Your phone because that is, I think, what in my experience has often been the kind of segue to someone then sitting there on their phone for at least a couple more minutes. Even when yeah. you come back, they'll be like, oh, one sec, because they'll get caught up in something. They're yeah. reading something, whatever. And then they're distracted. And then it's kind of broken the flow of the conversation a bit, I think. And even mm. if when you walk back and you see someone like putting the phone back in the pocket or something, that's still a little Start a little bit greater. I think yeah, this does annoy me more than I thought it did, actually. Mm. I'm interested, William, that you think it depends on the restaurant. I find that quite <laughs> unusual. Okay. Because it surely way. must... Because it's surely the impact it has on the people you're dining with rather than the setting shouldn't have any impact at all. And I'm interested as to why you think it does. Well, no, because some restaurants will as I say, within one site of your mobile phone. Even if you were at the end of a meal casually and you go, I must show you this photo of in order to to add the punchline maybe to mm-hmm. a story. Mm-hmm. If you did that at the Ritz, for example, it's just not allowed. So okay. you are, you're going to have then the awkwardness of the, the maitre d' coming <laughs> over <laughs> and, and telling you you're not allowed, you're not. So what's the rules at the Ritz then around phones? Uh, no phones. Literally no phones at all. That. It depends if you're in the tea salon or if you're in the restaurant. Of course. <laughs> and there's also another restaurant who I won't name, but an incredibly well-known French restaurant in the Westminster area. Beginning with... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, L, I think, but not, it's not necessarily known by that letter anyway the i'll tell you afterwards <laughs> i discovered from one of their former employees that basically if um they have a, a cell phone blocker or a mm. mobile phone blocker signal blocker mm, but it's not really known about hence why i'm remain keeping them anonymous and if That's they see someone on their mobile phone either texting or making a call the waiter gives a nod to the maitre d who clicks this button under the desk and it cuts the signal and then they go oh up no way they go up oh, to no the goodness. offender and went this much better reception outside if you need to make a telephone call. That's and I think amazing. that's a really nice, smart mm. way to do it. 
Not sure about the legalities. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a nice, nice way to do it. It's quite interesting because I guess that answers your question a bit, Stuart, in terms of it's about the atmosphere mm. of the restaurant, right? And the effect mm. that it's having on the atmosphere of that restaurant. If you've got someone barking down the phone mm. in a business call and yeah. then, you know, one table down there trying to have a romantic dinner for two, mm. then mm. it probably does actually affect the people around you. But yeah, for me, I've always thought about it as just the people that I'm with. I do. I think I'm quite sensitive about it as well. And I think there is, there's quite a lot of research into it to just show like what smartphones have done to us. It's what you alluded to William that it's you know as you say a safety blanket that we don't want to be alone um but I think that it does lead to a situation where people find it really difficult to just be present and Mm. there is research that shows that as well just small things like if you're working and your phone is next to you the amount of times that we check it is a bit absurd you know and that we're just not able to just concentrate on this conversation that's happening in this moment and the relationship Mm. that we're building with this Mm. person rather without thinking oh I wonder how many people have liked my photo or I wonder if anyone's called me or I wonder what's happening in the news even that's still Mm. a distraction from just the here and now and I think Mm. answering your phone in the middle of a of a dinner is is kind of a symbol of that. And also, I think lots of people can't enjoy their dinner unless they've put it on Instagram. Mm. Yeah. A big pet yeah. hate. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> When people, people get their phone out and start taking pictures of your food, <laughs> not even the food that they're eating, it drives me insane. <laughs> people used to say grace before they ate, but now mm. they take a photograph. That's true. Which is, is slightly pathetic. I was at a meal where that happened recently, where someone leaned over and took it. They took a picture of someone's finished food, and what? I just thought that was. Someone's finished Quite food. Unusual. A dirty plate. Oh, that's disgusting. I hate, yeah, some people put it on Instagram when they're How finished. How strange. And, and dirty plates <laughs> look awful. <laughs> I've been at numerous dinner parties recently mm. where the hosts, especially in these open plan sort of kitchens and sitting rooms and dining rooms where you can see everything. Mm. And they, you know, they place it up and they think, oh, it smells lovely, looks gorgeous. And then they start doing whole photo shoots in the kitchen before they bring it to the <laughs> For their Instagram, you think, I'm sorry. This is getting cold. I will, you I'm haven't heated the plate, so it's not staying warm. Come mm-hmm. over here and serve it to me. But mm-hmm. no, you, you have to have the photo shoot because they need to tell people, look what I've produced. So I guess on this point that you've both mentioned of scenarios where this has happened and mm. you've been annoyed, how do you react? What do you do if you're sitting at the table mm. with someone and they pull out their phone? If you don't have a fancy maitre d' to come over <laughs> and do the job for you. Oh, well, I would say, gosh, is everything all right? <laughs> so passive okay. aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I would make I would make a sarky comment, probably like, really? "Oh, is that for Instagram?" <laughs> I think I would be quite annoying. <laughs> Sorry, you're ruining the the atmosphere, which I'm going to ruin even more by being yeah. sarcastic. I'm going to make it worse. <laughs> but so, so your reaction, William, is assuming then, that, or it's sort of creating an assumption well, that it's only issue? okay if it's an emergency, mm, yes. right? Yeah. Um, I like that. That's can a good I Because <laughs> then actually, you know, nine times out of ten, it may be an emergency. You mm. never know. But what if they say, so you're like, so so we're having dinner. I take out mm. my phone, start texting a friend. You go, gosh, is everything all right? And they say, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm just texting Sarah. What would you, what would you say? I say, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and hope that in the inference of my phone. You see, my friends <laughs> would know. You're not going to But say. I wonder, I always panic that my friends are behaving in a slightly different, I sort of, sort of see a slightly doctored version of my friends because, uh. because of what I do. Mm-hmm. And they know what I do and I am really one of the nicest people I know so there's no need for them to be wound up but I wonder if I get a slightly dilute you know softened version of how they would be Mm. it's so interesting because in all of our discussions I feel like there's been an allusion to 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 the idea that being polite somehow involves not being blunt or direct Mm. and I I actually think this is quite a British thing as as someone who's so I'm German and Germans are very blunt mm. right? and and uh, and it's it's funny because other countries will often perceive that as rudeness while Germans mm. are just 
being direct and they mm. would see it as rude actually to sort of sugarcoat what you're saying they would just go no, what what is the problem <laughs> do you want me to put my phone away is that, that that's fine just say you want me to put my phone mm. away you know and it's just interesting that we seem to see just being direct it kind of comes back to what you were saying Stuart about how if someone does send their food back it's like it has to be one extreme or the other either you have to kind of sugarcoat mm. it and just say oh you know so I don't know something that isn't direct basically or you feel like you have to be really rude and confrontational and say well take this back this is awful like why can't we find a happy middle so what so what in germany how would if someone got a phone out of the table would would a fellow diner literally say can you put your phone away please uh they'd probably just go that's rude wow i love that yeah that sounds easy (laughs) the dutch would do that as well the dutch are very direct yeah Mm. there you go they've got it right get the job done you know move on so what are we a nation of this week do we have any thoughts? We're not as polite as we think. Dobby, is that true? Um, I think we're not as polite as some other countries think that we are. Mm. But I still think, by and large, we're one of the politest nations. But we over-apologise and things like technology can let us down. So Britain sorry, is a nation. Not sorry, phone addicts. <laughs> we're not of apologetic very... phone users. <laughs> apologetic phone yeah, users. Like okay. Britain is a nation of apologetic phone users. I like that. Thanks for making it all the way to the end of Britain is a nation of. How can they get in touch, Matilda? You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo News UK, or you can find us on Facebook under Yahoo UK and Ireland, or email us on Yahoo News UK at oath.com. And join us again for another deep dive into very British behaviours. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW.